You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 10 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson. In today's episode, King 10 will talk about how to object and appeal an assessment by the ATO. I started the interview asking King what to do when an ATO audit ends in an adverse assessment. At the conclusion of an audit, the commissioner is not happy with some of the issues and has identified shortfall in income tax paid, then they may issue a tax assessment. Then once that tax assessment is issued and received by the taxpayer, then if they're not happy with the assessment, there's certain avenues that's available to the taxpayer to challenge the assessment and to seek the for the assessment to be withdrawn or amended in some capacity. Now, one of the ways that the um, taxpayer can defeat the assessment is through an objection, which is just an internal process um, in the tax office. So essentially, the assessment's been raised. Let's just say the company is accompanied by a position paper documenting the outcomes of the audit. Then a taxpayer or its tax agent or its lawyer can then launch a tax objection. Yes, yeah, so the objection is basically just an internal review. You get a yeah. fresh pair of eyes yes. looking at the issue. Does it usually move up in the hierarchy of the ATO? So it's, it's are the people usually... Oh, okay. It's a different department. So you can get officers from the same office. For example, in Sydney, you know, you might have the audit team based in Parramatta, tax office Parramatta office, and the objection officer might be based in the same office. Or, or you can get an objection officer based in a different city, in Melbourne, for example. There was concerns by the industry uh, in prior years about how independent the objection officers are, particularly if they're based from the same office. And the tax office has come out and said that look, the objection officers are meant to be independent um, to provide a fresh pair of eyes. And we have been involved in instances where you do have a different objection officer from a different department, from a different city coming in to look at it, which means you do get that fresh pair of eyes with a different perspective, like looking at things afresh. You know, and there's been instances where the objection officer has said that, look, um, we don't understand this properly. Um, we don't want to talk to the audit officer unless the taxpayer provides permission. You know, because we don't want to be yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't want to be seen as uh, mm. not independent. Yeah. So is it a fair statement to say that usually the ATO tries to give the objection to a team in a different city? To no, to, no. So, I think no? Uh, my understanding of it is it goes into a, you know it gets a, a point assigned. Mm. So it's just like a lottery. Yeah, it's like a lottery. You might get an objection officer based in a different city. The first step is to actually draft and then lodge that objection. Um, and there's a few things for anyone acting for taxpayers in lodging that objection. First one is to note the time limit when objecting, because if an objection is put in late, then the commissioner can deny the objection. 
without even looking at the issues. So therefore, it's not that smart for the client or for the taxpayer yes. to, to lodge a late objection. Yeah. It can be um, quite short. It can, it can be, be quite a couple long of days. as well. Yeah. You know, just... Yeah, it just depends on where you are. Mm. You know, I've seen instances where a private ruling is given and because of the way the legislation works, the client has um, a good year to prepare for the objection so they can take the time, yeah. you know, um, to lodge mm. it just to get it in um, so that the client is not late mm. uh, in filing the objection. And how much into detail do you go when you file the objection? Do you really present the entire case or do you first just say we object and further details mm -hmm. will follow well it's you, you have to decide the strategy that you take um, the key criteria would be that if you you're limited or the taxpayer is limited to the grounds stated in the tax objection in any subsequent appeal um, unless the if for the tribunal in, in, in the instance um, unless the tribunal actually allows for additional grounds to be included in that appeal. So again, you know, if the taxpayer just wants to safe, take the safe path, they will want to have all the grounds listed in that objection. And yeah, so make it as broad yeah, as possible. Yeah, well, yeah, to cover all the grounds. So for example, if there's penalties that's been raised, and in the objection, you haven't objected to the penalties, and you've only objected on, let's just say, the income tax issues, then the objection is denied, and you want to appeal it to the tribunal. You can't really appeal on the penalties hmm. unless the tribunal lets you put that in because that was penalty was never included mm. in the objection and if you're out of time then you know you can get into a hairy situation mm. so be as broad as possible yeah um, to use uh, the most fulsome of language and respond to specific issues if that helps we have done short form objections before because the time limit was just quite not just not there but also rather than lodging a late objection we'll include the grounds and provide the, the, the gist and the substance of the arguments. And then provide and then, further details. Yeah, and then, and then provide further details once an objection officer has been appointed, mm. um, particularly more evidence, because that can take time to get up. Now again, once you are acting in an objection, then you should consider whether the objection officer, whether you're working well with the objection officer, and consider the information flow of the objection officer, it becomes one of strategy. So in terms of the time frame that's available for the tax office to respond, they have come out and said that they'll respond generally within a certain time frame, about 60 days. And the taxpayer also has rights under Section 14 ZYA of the Tax Admin Act to actually bring the objection to an end if the tax office has been very slow. So if the taxpayer is available, it can exercise and serve a Section 14 ZYA notice on the tax office, and then the tax office then has to conclude the objection within a certain time. And if the objection is not decided within that time, then it's actually deemed as being denied. It just depends on the circumstances. Sometimes the taxpayer might want to do that because the tax office has just been taking too long on it, and they just think that, look, it's better to appeal it to appeal the objection decision. So they serve the 14 ZYA notice, get it closed off as a denial of objection, and then appeal that objection oh, okay. to bring it to the next phase. Okay. Mm. Now, other than an objection, the other way for the taxpayer to 
challenge the assessment is to actually seek declaratory relief from the Federal Court under Section 39B of the Judiciary Act and the High Court under Section 75.5 of the Constitution of Australia with conscious maladministration and and to quash the assessment. Oh, I see. So that's what this quashing yeah, of the assessment is about. So the official the official term is seeking declaratory yeah. relief. So essentially, you're not looking at the tax issues arising from the assessment. Per se. Yeah. You're not looking at whether you know whether the CGT position that's been adopted is correct. You're saying that the assessment process has been tainted with corruption, mm. fraud, bribery, dishonesty. Have you, have you ever had that? I've seen it happening. And um, it's hard. It's and hard what was to what was the argument? Bribery. Bad faith. Ah, oh, bad faith. So they were just they they just had a personal issue and wanted to. Yeah. So you know I've seen it being run when the tax office officers, the order officers, just weren't cooperating, and they were um, fishing for information, getting information from all these different ways, hmm. and um, not cooperating with tax. Hey, and the taxpayer believe that there's bad faith, but uh, generally that's not enough because um, following the case in the Futurist, the, the bar that's been set on conscious administration is actually quite high. So you need to actually show some sort of corruption, fraud, mm. bribery, dishonesty. So right. have you ever achieved um, quashing an no, assessment? Not in my experience, mm. yeah. So you have applied a couple of times, but it's very uh, hard. I've seen it happening once. I haven't mm. applied for it um, so we were involved in a related manner and I've seen the taxpayer, another taxpayer involved in that manner, applying for conscious administration and they didn't get it oh, okay. through because, as I say, the bar is very the, high. The bar is quite high following the high court case in the mm. mm. So it can be difficult to invoke, which means that sometimes um, it's just better to go for an objection, yes. to go for the normal, yeah. for the more typical procedure. Yeah. Once an objection decision has been made, by the commissioner, then for the taxpayer, the if the objection decision has been disallowed, right, that's not the end of the story. The taxpayer, if they're still not happy with the outcome, can seek, can have further avenues to to reduce the assessment by further amounts or just to get it um, amended, right. So you might start off with an audit. The audit finishes and you have an assessment that gives rise to a million dollars in you know income tax payable and then you go through the objection and it gets reduced to five hundred thousand because the objection officer has come in and taken different positions and at that time the taxpayer is still not happy and they think well we think we have tax payable of two hundred thousand and yes, the million dollars has come down to two hundred uh, to five hundred thousand but there's still that three hundred thousand. If you appeal against an objection in this case, mm. do you run the risk that the uh, shortfall goes back to one million or you have nothing to lose? You, It has been reduced to 500,000. You try to get it down to 200,000, but if you lose that, all it does is it will go back to 500,000? Or is it. There's, there's arguments as to whether the um, power for the court or tribunal to actually increase the assessment. Right now, for the tribunal, it can stand in the shoes of the commissioner and exercise the powers. Whereas the federal court will undertake a review of the assessment. I would say it's not clear at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, mm. it's, it's a bit of uncertainty as to whether they Have you ever seen that? The idea is that once you get to an objection decision, then in that objection decision, you might get a conclusion that 
the following issues are no longer issues. So let's just say 10 issues start an audit, and there's only three issues remaining at the end of objection. And these three issues gave rise, give rise to X amounts of packs, right? You then go to the next stage, just focusing on those three issues. So the other seven issues that have been resolved, you know, revisit. decide whether to appeal, which forum to bring the first appeal. They have a choice of Administrative Appeals Tribunal, the ABT, or the Federal Court of Australia with a, with a single judge. And as to which to choose, well, the ABT and the Federal Court, they both offer different things. So you do have to have a think and look at the taxpayers' circumstances, the assessment and the positions, and decide what you know, which form will let the client achieve what it wants mm -hmm. out Is of the it whole process. AET, you have members. You might also have federal court judge. You know, so the AET, one of the benefits is it's informal. So you have taxpayers who can be representing themselves, who doesn't understand tax, bringing their case to the AET, and therefore the member you know, might take a more informal approach. Okay. Have you have you seen that taxpayers yes, yes. representing themselves? Yes, that exactly. takes a lot of guts, I think, well, for yeah. kind of a normal taxpayer to yeah. go to the AAT. And yeah, I've seen it happening sometimes because um, the, the assessment is not a very large amount, so mm. it doesn't make sense for um, the taxpayer to engage a professional to help. Yes. Um, they have sought advice on how to run the matter, and they've sought advice on the legal and outcome on the position, so they just take that and just bring it to hearing and then, you know, see what, what comes out of that. You know, in, in contrast, when you go to federal court, then it is a court, um, so you have more formality and you have a judge presiding over it. And you must engage your lawyer? Yes, yeah. So in terms of why the AAT, some of the things that it offers is privacy. It can withhold the taxpayer's name. So some taxpayers, they want to protect the public image of the business or, you know, if they're a celebrity or entertainer, you know, they don't want to be seen as a tax fraud or a tax evader or tax cheat, so they want to mm. get that uh, sense of privacy. If you go to tribunal, you get the privacy, but you go to federal, you don't get that. Other benefits of going to the AAT is the rules of evidence do not apply. So if you have a very factual matter at hand, that can be appropriate for the taxpayer because it's then easier for them to tender the evidence to support the decision. If the rules of evidence apply, which it does in the federal court, then you might have difficulty sometimes getting that sort of evidence through the door. So you just got to make a, a determination at that time. The AAT can stand in the shoes of the commissioner, and therefore it can exercise the powers and discretions of the commissioner. The federal court, on the other hand, cannot exercise the discretions of the commissioner. So that includes remitting penalties. You can only review the commissioner's mm -hmm. decisions. So at the federal court, it's either yes, you are right or wrong. Whereas at the AAT, yeah, AAT they, they can say it undertakes a review. The AAT is broader powers. Yeah. So the AAT could say, okay, the shortfall is correct, but the penalties will be remitted. Yes. They can, at the they federal can, court, yeah, can they say can that. remit the penalties. Yeah. Mm. So you need to decide. You know, if the matter is one of penalties then sometimes it's appropriate to go to the AAT as opposed to the federal court. Now, once you do bring it to the AAT, then the commissioner is required to file what's known as Section 37 documents, 
or the old terms, the T documents, and that's essentially the records in the commissioner's system, which led to them making that objection decision. So that can provide the taxpayers with an idea of the decision-making process arrived at by the commissioner. I can imagine that would be very helpful because then... It, it can, can be, or it might not be that helpful because what they give back is exactly what you have in the first place mm. and that you've given over. It could be as simple as that. Okay. Mm. I've seen instances where the taxpayer hasn't, has lost records, for example, of communications to the commissioner. Um, so having the T-Docs gives it a more complete history. Yeah. Now, if uh, the other thing to note is the AAT is generally less costly than the federal court to run because there's less formality, that can be an appeal to some taxpayers. But on the flip side, the AAT cannot award costs. So for a taxpayer who spent a lot of money in running proceedings at the AAT, you can't uh, get a recovery of that cost whereas the federal court has the power to award costs. Generally, the federal court is good for good, uh, narrow, it's good for narrow technical issues. Could you give me a feel for how expensive a day <laughs> at the AAT and how expensive a day at the federal court is, apart well, from you know paying lawyers and services, Yeah, well, I can't, I can't give you the figure because it, it's different for every single case. But um, when I say the AAT is generally less costly than the federal court, Firstly, the application fees is lower, and secondly, because there's less formalities, therefore, you know, you, the professionals acting and the time that's involved can be less as well. And now, because the rules of evidence also don't apply, you know, that means that you don't have to be as pedantic with your uh, materials as well. So that all that means that you know you can bring forward an application less on a more cost. Cost-effective effective way, yeah. when they go to the AAT. So there's the application, there's the application fee. fee. What's the application fee? Is it hundreds or thousands? No, or hundreds. It comes on to engaging the professionals to act for you. If you are using a professional to act for you, if you're self-representing, then you know, okay, then so it's just your time. Now, then in terms of the evidence, if they're in a foreign language, you want to get them translated, you know, that might be a cost because you want to get a recognized um, interpreter in. And then you want to package the, the evidence, you know, if you're using a professional to help you with that, then of course there's the mm. time costs. If you're doing it yourself, then 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 you, you save the cost, but if it's your time. And now again, because the rules of evidence don't apply, you know, it may be the way you present the evidence is not as, you don't need to be as pedantic with it. So you I can see. save money. So it would be possible to keep the cost of an AAT appeal quite low. Yeah, almost just yeah. a couple of hundred dollars yeah, for the application fee. Yeah, especially if you are um, doing it yourself, because mm. you should be paying the application fee and then everything else. If it doesn't involve any um, translation and it's all documents that you've got uh, in your records, like you know, let's just take an example: cost base. The first element, cost base, is you know the following list of materials that's in your records. Second element, third element, and, and so forth, and you've got that already. Then. It's just your time, really. Mm. Does it tend to go for... In terms of the hearing? Yeah. Um, the hearing depends on the issues. Okay. You can go for days if it's a big matter. So you've been there for an hour and you've been there for days? Yeah, you can go for half a day. Well, generally not as like, short as an hour. Mm. Then, you know, in terms of the actual proceedings, there's a lot to be done before you get to the hearing. And the matter may be resolved before it reaches the hearing. So just because... So that you settled... Mm, just because you've 
file an application at the AAT doesn't mean you have to go to the end of it. To give an example would be, you know, the objection has been decided, taxpayer is still not happy, and they go bring an appeal to the tribunal. Then the lawyers for the commission gets appointed, and they then discuss about the case. They talk about um, things that can be presented from the taxpayer side to help the commissioner make another decision um, on, on concerning the litigation risk and the tax issues. And that information is submitted. So there's a lot of talks in between, working together. And this is before you even file the evidence, mm. right? The evidence filing date might be pushed back just to allow that private negotiation to happen. And the matter can be resolved at that time, which means, you know, mm. you never go to a hearing and you never incur the cost of filing and preparing evidence. It could be you do prepare evidence, you file it. Then after that, the parties decide to undertake some sort of alternative dispute resolution. So rather than going down the path of a hearing, you go through a mediation at the tribunal. Then what you have is, you know, a mediator, can be a tribunal member, for example, or registrar, then facilitating for both sides to talk about the issues. I, mm. I think um, the AAT, you know, does generally give the parties, you know, they'll tell the parties that you thought about um, ADR um, as a way to resolve your issues. And I've been in instances where the private talks between the parties, they don't get anywhere because, for example, the commissioner takes a hard stance on a certain position and the taxpayer can take an equally stand, uh, hard stance on another position that won't budge. Then the matter goes into mediation. Then both sides talk about it. The mediator comes in and say, look, how about taking some sort of middle ground? And that middle ground is rich and then the matter is settled at that time. Do most of them end in remediation? Or the ones that I've acted on generally ends um, at the ADR um, stage. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones I've acted on, because you, you do take some time to negotiate, and by the time you reach ADR, sometimes you're just ready to, to settle, because uh, tax at the end of the day can be just a number. Mm -hmm. And what does ADR stand for? Alternative Dispute Resolution. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good to know. So after that, if the if you do proceed to a hearing and you get a decision, and the decision is that the tribunal does not agree with your position and that the assessment still stand, the avenues that stand available for the taxpayer is um, they can appeal that decision to the next level, which is the, the full federal court, or to just the, the federal court. And the thing to note is when you do appeal that, from the AAT to the federal court, it's only on a question of law. As opposed so to no longer a question effect. of fact, yeah. 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 What's the difference between federal court and full federal court? So federal court might be just uh, having one judge to decide, to hear, preside over um, the matter, whereas the full federal court can have three judges. And is it the taxpayer or is it the federal court that decides whether it's a full federal court? Well, it court? depends what stage of the proceedings you're at. You know, mm -hmm. Let's just say you decide to go to the federal court as the first instance, then you normally just get the, the one judge. You, you Actually, I'll rephrase that, you will just get the one judge to look at um, the matter, and that one judge will determine and make a decision. And if the decision is to be appealed, then you'll go to a full federal court, for example. Mm. Three judges will look for that. There's quite a lot of steps in the process yeah, where you can yes. object then you appeal to the AAT, yes. 
then you appeal to the federal court, and then you can still appeal to the full federal court. Yeah, and then after that, you know, after the full federal court, if special leave is granted by the high court, you can then appeal to the high court. And so, you know, there's a there's a whole chain of avenues, so to speak, mm. that's available. Have you ever been to the high court? Not not for my career so far. Mm. Um, Have you been to the full federal court? No, I've been to just the federal court. Mm. Yeah. So most most cases just go to the federal court. Most cases um, settle the federal court. Ah, oh, so, so the yeah. federal court also does um, because ADR. you can settle. Yeah, yes. Mm. You can you can always talk privately. Mm. You know, with the commissioner. Yeah. So most of your cases have settled. Most of my cases have settled. Mm. Um, very rarely do you get a case that goes all the way to the high court. Mm. Are you usually happy with the settlements or do you sometimes think back of a certain case and you think, oh, we shouldn't have settled, we should have pushed well, harder? I think at the end of the day, it's the client's decision. There's a lot of factors that go into whether to take up that offer, if there is an offer. Um, as I say, once the assessment's been raised, you have tax debt management that can create cash flow constraints. On and put the client under a lot of yeah, time pressure. and I've seen instances where the clients have struggled you know, cash flow, and they've also been hit with, you know, negative publicity. So all that comes into play. So they just play. want to go over. Yeah, so it, it then comes down to, if I've got a set up an amount for 200000 right, of, of tax to pay, I know my position might be 150 mm-hmm. then it's just a 50000 difference, and mm-hmm. the client might be thinking, all right, I know I can push further if I bring it harder, but it's just better off, let's just kill it now then everybody can go their separate ways and I can go back to focusing on the business. Mm. So there's a lot of things that do come into consideration. To give you another example, I had a case where we, we think the client could have won if it went to hearing at the tribunal, um, but they decided not to proceed because their lives were um, being put on hold and the matter from risk review to the appeal has already taken three years. They just yeah. don't want to go on any further and their marriage was being affected. Yeah, probably puts an enormous amount of strain. And at some stage they just... Yeah, at some stage you just think, look, it's just better just to... Just to get it over and done with. Mm. Yeah, to get that that comfort, to know that it's over and you can continue moving on. Mm. Um, So so, so those are factors that come into play. Welcome back. I didn't know that the AAT and Federal Court have a remedial process to settle out of court, an ADR, Alternative Dispute Resolution. I just assumed that anybody who goes there ends up in court. And did you know about the seldom but possible option to try to quash an assessment? I didn't, but you probably did. So here we are at the end of episode 10, a milestone for us. We had to work quite a few things out, the microphone and software settings, music, iTunes, and a pile of other things. And as you can hear, we still have a long way to go. But hopefully we start making some sense. A big thank you to you for cutting us some slack and not giving up on us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode.